Jake Davidson was a fairly average young man in Plymouth since his birth in 1999. He was diagnosed with autism and a few mental diseases after demonstrating an inability to socialize with other children. He was eventually placed in a special school where a dark secret in Jake's life began to emerge. He was obsessed with guns and felt the world was built to work against him. Despite pleas from both his parents and school officials, Jake never received the help he needed. In August of 2021, Jake's life came to an abrupt end after he took the lives of five other people. This is the story of Jake Davison, the Plymouth shooter. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Killing, Missing, Hidden, the podcast about bad things. I am your intoxicating host, your old buddy Brad, former criminal defense trial attorney. I aim to bring you a new story of the horrible each and every week. That that get your juices flowing. Is that a good intro for y'all? Oh, I've had a week. I'm exhausted. But I got some recordings to do. So let's do them, right? All right. So we have to begin with a huge thanks to another one of our listeners, Erica. She signed up for our KMH Plus program. And it it nearly moved me to tears to, to have the unwavering support of of Erica? I mean, even just someone like Erica. It's a dream come true. You are truly a living example of all that is good and just in the world. But wait, we can't forget we had another person join. Oh, Suzanne, what a treat to have someone of such class and elegance be a part of our show. We're we're really reaching a new level of sophistication with listeners like Suzanne. I, I, I'm just so touched. Thank you both so much for joining. I hope you enjoy the bonus episodes we have for you, including one that's coming out sometime this week. Today, we're traveling to jolly old England. And that's why I don't do impressions or accents. I, I don't, I don't, I don't have much to cover before we jump in. So um, I guess we'll do this. We won't delay. Yeah? Okay. Jake Davison was born in 1999 and grew up in Plymouth, England, a port city on the southwestern shore. This young man just never really fit in with his peers very well going through school, and it caused him a lot of stress, anxiety, depression. Just overall, he he was not a happy child. And eventually his mother, Maxine, decided to see if there was some medical explanation for his unusually poor social skills. And this is when Jake was diagnosed initially with autism and ADHD. The decision was made to move him from regular schooling to the Mount Tamer School for Special Needs Children. Now, unlike my days in school where our guidance counselors kind of showed up to get a paycheck and didn't do much else. 
like Jake had regular meetings with his guidance counselor in this new school. And she was there with, you know, with all intentions to help as best she could. During some of these meetings during his third year secondary school, and me being from the U.S., I don't know what that means. As best I can tell, that that's like eighth or ninth grade, maybe, in America. But uh, anyway, Jake began verbalizing an interest in guns. And it wasn't, it wasn't just, hey, I think they're neat. It's, hey, I can't imagine life without one, you know. Um, and so the counselor said, all right, let's, let's try and make this a little healthier. You know, what can we do to focus your enjoyment of firearms into something healthy? And so she started trying to sell Jake on the idea of a career in the Army and even recommended that he join the Army cadets until he was able to formally enlist as a, as a full soldier. A few months later, Jake's mom called the counselor and expressed some concerns. Jake's obsession with firearms was growing. Like, we've moved on to the point where he wouldn't talk about anything else with anyone but firearms. And he spent most of his days kind of locked in his room, withdrawn, playing on the internet, looking at different weapons, being on, you know, various uh, forums about firearms, things like that. The counselor was concerned when she received Maxine's report, and so she had a, a, you know, a special meeting with Jake to discuss his future again, while mixing in a little bit of gun talk to see how big a problem this was. And Jake had totally doubled down on his love for guns. He said his dream job, you know, he didn't want to join the army. He wanted to work in a gun store where he had access to all different types of weapons that he could play with and shoot and all that stuff. And something in this conversation really unnerved the counselor. And so she went to her superiors and said, look, we need to get some sort of intervention treatment for this young man because he does not have a healthy obsession with weapons. And we need to make sure he, he gets the treatment he needs to kind of gain a slightly more healthy perspective on, on guns. But for whatever reason, this request that went to her boss, it just kind of fell through the cracks. And, you know, the counselor didn't do the best job in following up on this to see what happened to her request. So eventually Jake is free of his schooling obligations and he had to find a job. So he goes to work as an apprentice crane operator. In his free time, though, you know, he didn't socialize with his coworkers. He didn't hang out with his buddies at a local pub. He would return to the safety of his bedroom every night and make YouTube videos under the name Professor Waffle. I generally don't like glorifying uh, the subjects of our episodes, but that is one solid username, Professor Waffle. I love it. Now, sadly, Professor Waffle was not interested in being funny or making, you know, like video game playthroughs or anything like that. Jake's channel was all about, no, not guns, amazingly enough, the incel subculture. 
I know we've talked about this before, but I don't want to be like a comic book where I say, oh, look back on issue 321 of The Amazing Spider-Man to get the entire story. Um, you know, incel is short for involuntary celibate, a portmanteau, if you will. It's a group of people, almost always young men, who have decided that they will never be involved in a romantic relationship despite their strong desires to do so. And this really isn't so much a woe is me sort of subculture. It's more of a why don't women merely submit to me sort of deal. Um, They're kind of bad enough that the Southern Poverty Law Center classifies themselves as a hate group. Yeah, hate group. That seems strange, doesn't it? But it's really not just a bunch of like losers and dweebs pining over the neighborhood girl. It's usually young, white, heterosexual men who use this culture and identity to spout resentment and misogyny and racism and violence towards women, even violence towards people who are sexually active. And they've actually been behind multiple mass shootings in the last few years. These people have somehow managed to marry self-pity and a superiority complex into one philosophy, which seems challenging, but they've done it. They think they are somehow socially subhuman and therefore are destined to never have sex, yet are also superior to everyone who gets to have sex. Uh, in general, I found that, you know, they, they believe that 80% of women only wish to have a relationship with 20% of men. Most importantly, they believe that they are cursed to be among the sexless. And of course, it's always somebody else's fault. Somehow, and this I don't totally understand, but this group is kind of merged or or faded into various white supremacist groups, uh, various far-right, aka the alt-right groups, and other just general hate groups. This movement or this subculture has even been described as one supporting terrorism because really their end game is to reshape society through violent means. Now, th- this is this is Brad's overview of incels, J- just my thinking on it. They're the dudes who think they're entitled to a girlfriend, but do nothing to make themselves attractive to women. They don't make them. I mean, they offer nothing to women, just to be blunt. You know, it's it's a pretty girl is going to meet a dozen nice guys a day, right? But being a nice guy is just kind of the bare minimum of getting into a relationship. You know, you shouldn't brag that, well, I'm not going to abuse you. <laughs> that, you know, we expect that is kind of the floor here. Um, you know, what what do you offer that other guys don't? You know, what makes you special? It's like trying to find a job. You don't expect your employer to change for you. You try to become the person the employer needs. If you want to get the girl, I'm not saying you have to change your personality or interests or anything like that, but you kind of have to be someone that is desirable to girls. And, you know, 
Jake here wasn't like that. He was isolated. He didn't have a big social circle. Most of his coworkers were men. He didn't do anything to stand out from the crowd or make any efforts to really have a relationship with a woman. And because he wasn't willing to make the effort, then it's all these women fault for not just, you know, instantly dropping to their knees before him. And I'm sorry if that comes across as a rant. I just, I really don't like the incel culture at all. Um, you know, it's, to me, it kind of encourages people to quit. It, it, it tells people that it's okay to blame their lives on other people. And to me, that's just a sad way to live. You know, take, take, take responsibility for your life, the good and the bad, and then make it better. All right. All right. I mean, it's a sad way to live, but back to the story. So that's kind of what Jake's videos were all about. You know, I know I'm inferior, but all women should, should still yearn for me. He referred to men in relationships as chads, and he would really moan on and on about how, you know, he missed his chance at that mythical, timeless teenage romance when he was in school. He stated that he may have to substitute drugs for lack of sex. And like I mentioned earlier, you know, he claimed he worked in an all-male environment. He didn't have this huge social circle. And he blamed his autism for all of this. But by the, on the other side of the coin, you know, even though he's blaming his autism, it's also all these men who are married or have girlfriends, you know, they're the problem here. They, they don't really deserve to get a free ride to the top of the mountain while he had this rock, a.k.a. the autism, strapped to his back. You know, he really believed that everything in life was rigged against him. And there was no hope for humanity, particularly in cells. It was all just a lost cause. In 2016, Jake had his first documented fit of violence when he attacked a couple, the wife being pregnant, it should be noted, merely because they were happy and he was envious and he wasn't in the mood to see other people happy. He was let go with a warning rather than being formally charged and arrested. In 2018, he applied for and received a license to own a shotgun, despite his father going to the police and saying, do not allow this boy the authority to buy a shotgun. It's not going to be good. He only had the license until December of that year. It was revoked and a shotgun was seized after he got in a fight with two local youths. But this decision was reversed in July of 2021. The, the fight, apparently, he's an adult now. You know, he's in his 20s. And two teenagers, one male, one female, began making fun of Jake at a local park for being fat. And he got so upset at these insults that he rushed home to get a shotgun. Fortunately, his mom, Maxine was able to intercept him and calm him down and keep him from going out the door with his weapon. As time wore on, Jake became more and more frustrated with the condition of his romantic life. But to his credit, 
he did make some changes to try to become more attractive to the opposite sex. Beginning in 2020, Jake took on uh, weightlifting and bodybuilding as a hobby, and he really transformed himself. He went from looking, you know, like a nondescript, maybe kind of pudgy guy, to a pretty decently buff dude. He, you know, didn't live the healthiest lifestyle. Uh, apparently, he was just slamming back energy drinks at an incredible rate, somewhere between 12 to 18 a day. Um, his stepfather also claimed that he, you know, supplemented his workout routines with uh, steroids, which, you know, I think it's common knowledge, but that has some pretty nasty side effects if you've got anger issues already. Jake also started to spend a little bit less time on these incel websites, but he became he he used that newfound time to spend a lot of time on um, gun enthusiast sites, which is generally fine. But with Jake's makeup, it became problematic pretty quickly. He was the sort that was on there constantly preaching the dangers of gun control. Uh, and how, you know, everybody should have access to weapons. You know, people who want to kill are going to kill whether or not they have a gun. And it wasn't just that he was, you know, he would post these when a debate started. He would just post these thoughts. He kept his in-cell philosophy intact, claiming that single mothers were one of society's biggest dangers and problems. He expressed anger that if he was in a position where he lost his job, there'd be no one there to support him, unlike a married man who would have, you know, a wife and children who cared about him and would comfort him. He complained that he was feeling older than his age, that he had been ground down by society, and he had little motivation to do anything in life. He continued to view himself and describe himself as a fat, ugly virgin. Now, all of the, you know, these changes in behavior, his, his new workout routine, his new gun buddies, things like that, did change Jake's attitude, but, but for the worse. He, you know, despite all his issues and all his problems and all his anger, he was considered by his neighbors to be a really loyal and helpful son. He lived with his mother. And, you know, he was there to help her with routine things all the time and never complain. But once he had kind of started hanging out in this group and taking steroids and whatnot, he would get in these shouting matches with his mom in their front yard where neighbors could hear. And it would be over silly things like her asking him to go to the store to pick up a few items. Uh, he... he began expressing on these internet forums that he believed his mom had been stealing from him. See, because he was diagnosed with autism and some uh, mental disabilities, he was receiving PIP payments, uh, personal independence payments, which were kind of, in America, they'd be kind of akin to like social security disability checks. So he was receiving these from the, the UK government. And she was cashing them, and she was using them to help pay for household expenses, to buy his food, to 
to be his mom. You know, I mean, it it kind of sounds silly to talk about 20-something-year-old this way, but it was kind of child support. And he just, you know, decided that this was outright theft and he shouldn't have to stand for it. He began referring to his mother as vile and dysfunctional when he talked about her online. And what ended up being his final YouTube video, Jake described himself as the Terminator. And kind of left it at that. The video's all been taken down. It's it's There are sites that have mirrors of it that you can watch. Um, I don't go to weird sites like that, so I, don't, I didn't watch the actual video. I'm just going off of what reports say it said. On August 11th of 2021, Jake was formally suspended from Reddit after a 16-year-old girl from the U.S. complained that Jake was harassing her into having sex with him. And his his message history apparently was pretty aggressive. Start off friendly. They developed kind of an online friendship. And then everything was sex to him. And, you know, she kept saying, I'm only 16. I'm not old enough to have sex. And his argument was, well, in the UK you are, so get your butt over here. <laughs> um, you know, and of course, Jake took this as you would think he would. This is just another example of how the world was stacked against him. Especially when he saw that other Reddit users were encouraging this girl to report Jake to the police. She never did. She didn't want to get involved in it, and I understand. But sadly, kind of everything in Jake's life came to a head the very next day. At about 6 p.m., he got into an altercation with his mother that turned physical. Apparently, she said something he didn't like, so he grabbed her by the throat and held her in his bedroom for a few minutes. Um, basically long enough for him to tell her off what he really thought about her. Then he kind of shoved her out of his room. You know, Maxine was scared. She was weeping, so she called her sister to tell her what had happened. Her sister, you know, Jake's aunt, was kind of enraged, and so she called the police and asked that they go intervene and do something with Jake. Jake's aunt described him to the police as having some pretty severe mental issues and anger issues. Minutes later, and we're talking about it's estimated between 6.05 and 6.08 p.m., Jake grabbed his shotgun and fired on his mother, killing her instantly inside their house. He then stormed out the front door and shot the next two people he saw, Lee Martin, who was 43, and his daughter Sophie, who was only three. He, of course, killed them both with the blast. Jake next turned his weapon on 53-year-old woman out for a walk with her 33-year-old son, severely injuring both of them, but both survived. Stephen Washington... A 59-year-old man was shot in the chest while walking his dogs and killed by 6.11. So just three minutes or just over three minutes after Jake shot his mom, there were multiple phone calls to the police of shots being fired in the area. So, of course, they're responding 
very dramatically and in force. At the same time, Jake came across 66-year-old artist Catherine Shepard, shot her in the stomach, killing her as well. The next person he saw was a fellow by the name of Bert Pinkerton. And he saw Catherine get shot. Jake just looked at him and said, quote, nothing to worry about, mate. Pinkerton rushed to Shepard until paramedics alive and kind of held her and comforted her. There wasn't much he could do other than that. Um, Jake walked a few more blocks, and at 623, he turned the gun on himself without hesitation, according to witnesses, making him the final victim of a shooting spree. Armed police and several ambulances arrived at Jake's house six minutes after the end had called. Eventually, they secured 13 different areas as crime scenes, all within the small area Jake had traveled through. When his corpse was examined, Jake had only one shotgun shell left. On August 19th, 2021, a formal inquest was held into the shooting. The final report placed a large portion of the blame for this incident on the police for their failure in granting Jake the firearms license after they had revoked it and for not listening to Jake's father's request that he never be given a license. About the same time, the British government announced that it would be offering new and more detailed guidance to police regarding firearm licensing practices in an effort to avoid tragedies like this. What, just what a terribly sad story. Um, now, like I said, all of his social media content has been removed by YouTube, Reddit, and the like, but apparently for those that saw it, it's basically just showing Jake's slow demise under the weight of his mental health issues. This situation kind of created a spark where a lot of folks in England began arguing that, you know, if we're going to give gun license to people, part of the background check needs to be their social media accounts. Had it been done here, it seems very unlikely that the police would have been willing to let Jake have a firearm license. Would that have stopped him from obtaining a weapon, though? Well, probably not. I I'm not taking a side in something as controversial as gun control. But anyone who wants a gun is going to get a gun. It's not that hard. I mean, during, during my days in criminal defense work, I easily could have gotten firearms, drugs, forged government documents, things like that. And it's not like I was, you know, asking for these things or yearning to have this junk. It's just, it's that simple to acquire. You just talk to a few people and all of a sudden you learn that, oh yeah, you go down to this barber shop, you tell them you're looking for this and you get ushered into a back room and they set you up. Um, you know, I kind of state in frustration at times that a lot of these laws that are in place only deprive the good people of their rights. 
the bad people, it doesn't slow them down at all. You know, all the, again, another controversial subject, I'm not taking a stand on it. I'm just offering an example. The U.S.-Mexican border, everybody wants to tighten that up. Let's tighten that up. Okay. Well, it makes it harder for people to cross the border. It makes it harder for U.S. citizens to visit Mexico. And it does stop kind of the more amateur efforts. But honestly, at least from my days in practice, there's as much drugs coming through the Canadian border as there is from the Mexican border. From the Mexican cartels. They're, I mean, they're not stupid enough to just try to drive an 18-wheeler full of cocaine or marijuana through a checkpoint. They've got very elaborate ways of getting around it. None of the efforts we've put in place has slowed it down. Um, so again, that's I'm offering that as an example just to say, if you want to go as a tourist to Mexico, you're going to get hassled. But the guy that's trying to smuggle in, you know, uh, a bunch of people to be as part of a human trafficking effort, the changes in the laws don't affect him. Um, uh, I can't really place myself in Jake's mind. Uh, all I can imagine is that he totally disassociated when he had that fight with his mom because I just can't. I can't imagine taking a shotgun and shooting a toddler. That's unthinkable to me. Witnesses kind of reported that. Jake was almost marching around as if he was, you know, uh, uh, an army private on patrol. They, uh, a few that got close to him said he had this blank, empty look in his eyes. And it was like he was gone. He was just this fleshly robot. Um, you know, he, he was going through these dark acts without even thinking about him. And, you know, I don't, this is a very sad situation. And I, I don't do this podcast to place blame on people. It's so easy, you know, with hindsight to point out faults. But, um, you know, there's a couple instances I'm disappointed in that I, I feel like I have to point out. You know, i really disappointed in the school not taking some steps when a red flag went up about his, his unusual and unhealthy obsession with firearms. Um, you know, apparently the official report read that no intervention was called for because he was not being influenced by others. I really don't know what that means, and I really don't know what difference that makes. If you're obsessed with weapons to such a degree that the student's mom calls you and asks for help, why does it matter whether or not other people are involved? I mean, that that to me, that should be enough to put this child on the list for extra counseling. I also tend to agree with many members of the local community that Jake never should have gotten a shotgun and his license returned to him. Once he had that altercation with the teenagers, it just demonstrated such a, a willingness to use a weapon in an illegal way. And 
you know, the laws in, in the UK are much different than they are in the US. I certainly don't know them as well here. You know, we got the Second Amendment that guarantees us a right to bear arms. England does not, or the UK does not have that. Um, so under their statutory scheme, I just find it surprising that you would allow him the right to carry a firearm after he's already shown that he would be willing to shoot people with it. Um, and, you know, again, we can go through Jake's life and we can find multiple points where some sort of intervention may have prevented this from happening. These are just two that stand out to me. But, uh, you know, by the same token, if if he really wanted a gun, he was going to get a gun. If he really wanted to kill people, they were going to die. Um, it's sad, you know. Uh, and, you know, that there's really not much more I can say about this one. Mass shootings are, are not nearly as common in the UK as they are in the US, of course. This one just kind of stands out as particularly sad because this isn't one where, you know, Jake felt he was being mistreated by his coworkers and his boss, and so he was going to show them what's up. He just started shooting. He just started shooting, and he seemed to have no target in mind. You know, it's not like he was targeting couples uh, or women or anything in line with his incel beliefs. It was just if there was a person in front of him, he was going to shoot him. That Pinkerton fellow who Jake said there's nothing to worry about, you know, would he have been so lucky to survive if Jake had more shells in his pocket? We we don't know. You know, um, Jake obviously wanted to make sure he left some wiggle room so he could take himself out when this was all said and done. It's just, you know, we we cover a lot of true crime on here. And as y'all know, I love talking about cryptids and weird things like that, you know, quote unquote monsters. But as I've said a dozen times before, there's just nothing scarier to me than than humans. I, I would rather run into a Bigfoot almost than a human. <laughs> so uh, anyway, palate cleanser time, right? We got to do something to feel better after this one. So let's get to it. There's a brand new gene company out there. It's called London Bridge Jeans. Don't buy them. Okay, they keep falling down. Ha ha! Jokes. We got them, particularly bad ones. Thank you all for listening. We love having you all part of a uh, of our team, and you know you'll never feel lonely as long as KMH is in your life, right? If you like the work we do, as always, please leave us a nice review or rating. Share us with your friends. Give us a shout out on your social medias. Again, like I like to say, those are three free things you can do to support our podcast, and they really mean the world to us. If you want to join our KMH Plus premium subscription, it only costs $5 a month. You get a couple bonus episodes a month if, you know, life allows me to do that. These small contributions from y'all really, really do add up and has helped us out more than you could know 
or would probably care to sit there and listen to me explain. On that note, thank you again to Erica and Suzanne for joining the team. I mean, your aura of cool surrounding this podcast makes it so much easier to produce. And that's all I'm going to ramble on about. So we hope you come back next week as we prepare another tale for your enjoyment. As I've said many times before, I think y'all are the best listeners in the world. I love having y'all into my... I love. I guess I don't... I guess y'all don't come into my world. You let me come into your world. Into your ears. Into your head. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. I love y'all. Thank y'all so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Brad out. You survived another episode of Killing Missing Hidden, the podcast about bad things. Join us next time for another true and thrilling story.